So in this episode of the podcast, I'm actually talking to uh, my friend Asa, Asa Hershop, who is a Lama within the Vajrayana uh, Buddhist tradition. He's um, someone who very impressively completed the three years, three month solo retreat, practice retreat, which I, it's a, I mean, if you've ever done a lengthy retreat, that's very impressive in and of its own to spend three years and three months in solid practice. Um, so yeah, you know, very respectful of, of that achievement. So chatting with him in this episode and talking to him about Vajrayana practice. I, I, Asa is um, someone I met recently. I met him like three months ago now, I guess, very recently um, when I visited Bhutan to talk at the Vajrayana conference there. I was the only non-Buddhist, as far as I was aware, talking <laughs> about Taoist practice. Um, at a Vajrayana conference, so it was a little bit nerve-wracking to be perfectly honest, feeling like the, the sort of black sheep of the, <laughs> of the conference. But Asa was very, very kind and um, looked after me and showed me around and actually introduced me to a lot of Bhutanese culture and introduced me to Vajrayana practice as well, as well as introducing me to um, a tolku of a particular um, very skilled practitioner from the past that I have a great connection to as well. So very grateful for that. But Acer is um, obviously knows far more than I do about Vajrayana. That's not my strength, not at all. So I basically, for this episode, I thought what I'd do is I'd just sit quietly and let Acer do the talking. So you won't hear much from me. I'm just simply, I'm there for the ride, just listening to him talk about his experiences. And Acer is um, a blunt <laughs> guy when he speaks. Um, which I appreciate very much. There's a brutal honesty in what he says. So he's talking very much about the good, the bad, the ugly, as far as I can see, of Vajrayana Buddhist practice. So it's really interesting to see someone with a lifetime of experience from inside the tradition uh, saying what they honestly think about the practice and their experiences in it. So hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And like I say, I didn't say much. I just sat and listened and let Asa do the majority of the talking, so thanks. That's the English version of this, the all-English. It's, it's my version of the, uh, what's the name of that Bible they have in all of the uh, motels and so on? The, uh, the Good News Bible? The, the Gideon's Bible. Gideon's Bible, okay. We used to find in all the motels, not anymore, since now we live in an unreligious age. So, what, what uh, and, like, you've done lots of work translating all of these texts. Unbelievable. But yeah, well, yeah, clearly. <laughs> I mean, this isn't a thin book, if nothing else, it's crazy. that you're working through. But okay. I, why did you do it because it was like a personal uh, interest or personal challenge? Or was it because you were asked to by somebody in the tradition? Uh, well, I was probably asked by Machik Lubdra in, in 1100, but uh, oh, right, that's okay. my theory. But um, yes, I love the practice. It's a beautiful practice. I mean, this is a chanted ritual with multiplicity of uh, different visualizations. And actually, it's... Um, it's a kind of compendium of many different aspects of, of uh, Vajrayana. And okay. So you're working through the idea of offering and purification and clearing karma and uh, self-examination and understanding the nature of mind. And particularly it's an offering, so uh, it is designed to be an offering of generosity towards... Uh, those who need it, you know, the suffering okay. beings sure. of the universe, as well as a um, uh, homage, homage to the higher enlightened beings. And that's, and that's much of what Vajrayana is about, you know, you're sort of suspended between the realms. I always say that Vajrayana, uh, rather the human realm is either the bottom of the 
higher realms or the top of the lower realms. Sure. So okay. we're right there in the middle of these six realms and you're, you can flip one way or the other. So we're trying to honor the above and uh, assuage the suffering of the lower, while at the same time uh, freeing oneself from all kinds of false ideations, false identities, and so on. So excuse my ignorance, like these, uh, the things you translated here right. that, that come across like poetry, yeah, um, they essentially. Are they're very poetic, beautifully. So are they, rather than being instructions, they're chants, they're mantra, they're... Uh, yeah, they're, they're, all, they're all melodies. Many, some of them are pure visualizations, and then they have uh, you know, songs of praise and, and so on, different lineage okay. prayers, which are homage to the lineage. So again, as, as I mentioned, there's a re tremendous reliance on external forces or forces within your lineage that they come to your aid and abetment so that uh, it's hard to imagine in Vajrayana you're just doing something on your own. You're always connected right, okay. to this lineage of enlightened beings that is pouring down grace to you if you're lucky. So it's not a, it's not a go it alone tradition. And, and actually they spend a lot of time trying to repair and make sure your relationship is good. You know, they call that Samaya, right, mm -hmm. your bond. So there's, there's whole rituals in there included, whole yep. sections of repairing this connection to what did you do wrong and what what errors have you made that you're you know you're a disgrace to the whole lineage so okay. you have to repair your connection um so that's you know it's a very it's a very intense and people we used to call it the samaya gun right okay people are always uh using that in a negative psychological way to say you're breaking samaya or you're you know your your actions are against samayas if this, right. is a, okay. this is a moral dictum that you know i've decided whether you have like it's haram or something. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, this, this is one of the, the rules, actually, one of the tantric vows. You do not hang out with Samaya breakers. Right. Okay. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's oh, very, that's, that's uh, worst it's thing. almost like Scientology. <laughs> it, it's a cult. It is a cult. <laughs> no, I don't mean like that, but when people get thrown out of Scientology, they're not allowed yeah. to, uh, yeah. you know, not to mix with right. even their family members, right? Well, yeah. Well, it's, it's actually the same with leaving any corporation. You have to sign off. You know, sure. But you don't discuss it. It's interesting when I look at uh, this, like the first one I open to is the power, power opening oh, the sky okay. door. Oh, you would, wouldn't you? Well, uh, you know, that, that side of it's always interested me very much. But uh, it's like when I read this, you've got the description here. On the sole of the right foot is the white drop received mm -hmm. from the father the size of a pea. Yeah. On the sole of the left foot is the red drop received from the mother the size of a pea. Beautiful. The two rise up and arrive at the secret place, joining to become the size of a You're small You're giving egg. away all the sacred, secret teachings. Well, you've translated it. <laughs> it's your fault. Rising upwards, it arrives at the navel, and so on and so on. Yeah, it goes up. Which they through read the, very much six like... Realms. You're actually going through the realms. as We are clearing your karma of the realms as you go up. But as a visualization, right? Oh, or yes. As, okay. oh yes. It's very much a visualization. And uh, it's sensory as well, of course. You're supposed mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, you're, you're putting that visualization red dot here and it's going up your body, yes. So that, that is involved. Okay. But as we know, there can be a, a serious deficit in terms of one's ability to move energy within the body. Because sure. in Vajrayana, there, there definitely is the tendency or there's the expectation that when you think of an area of the body, you're somehow moving energy. Yeah, you're moving something. Obviously, when you experience your internal, something's going on there. Sure, yeah. But uh, as we've discussed, unless you've built up sufficient horsepower, you put enough gas in your tank, and actually, as you have taught me, it has to be the right octane, so you have to refine it. I call it refining. You just can't sure. just put kerosene in the tank. Now you've got to refine that raw petroleum into some very high octane so that it can have higher function. You say 
condensing it or thickening it. Maybe it's maybe a, maybe physically it does have a thickened. It's a thickened oil, but I think okay. it also is a higher octane, so you don't have knocks and bumps. Um, but sure. we really truly don't have that. We have a very basic. I could say primitive if I was unkind, but I, I think it's a very basic understanding of energy in Tibetan Buddhism. They just call it lung. I mean, that's it. You know, chi. Sa lung is your practice. Obviously. Yeah, and lung yeah. is the energy or the chi or the. It really means wind, uh, and that's it. And so there is, and as you have mentioned, Tibet. Uh, the Chinese may have somewhat a somewhat chaotic, chaotic nomenclature, but they yes. definitely have a hierarchy of energies, and Gurdjieff probably has developed the most sophisticated to me group uh, and named group of energies of how they're refined in the body calling hydrogens and you refine things up at a further further level so that's that's a helpful uh, system for me or a helpful concept or model to try to understand better how these energies work because in Vajrayana we just don't contemplate it that way and okay. subsequently people don't uh, the great deficit is that not having accumulated this uh, thickened and um, this pressure pressurized chi and not being able not knowing not being able to fill the body because it's not there it's not pressurized hasn't been accumulated we haven't got the gas we haven't got the gas tank okay. the containment field which sure. you call the lower dantian and so therefore the movement of energy is really more on the level of and not to put it down but imagination not that imagination sure. isn't a force i mean obviously sure. when you imagine something it has it has some power <laughs> but it has i realize it has a lot less power than i thought it's it's a sensitivity as you mentioned i developed as a healer i developed i think excellent sensitivity to other people's energy field or any energy fields. I, I have an exquisite sensitivity to that. But uh, woe unto me, I realize that is not at all the same as developing, I would call it a biological chi, a really uh, a physical material substance in the body that flows. So I have seen really wonderful, you know, like Kala Rinpoche, but I've seen other really great masters of Salung, yogas, and so on and so forth. I don't know of any of them, and none have ever said so, including in you know, three-year retreat, we did three different kinds of, of Salon movements, uh, very famous ones, but nobody ever talked about the experience of the energy in the body. No one talked about what it actually feels like what, or what it, it does? What it or, feels like. Right, yeah. okay. Yeah. I've never heard any. I mean, oh, yeah, this, or we're, we are definitely not taught, and it is not in the literature, and I know it's not in any oral teaching. I'm quite right. sure of that. Nobody goes like, well, when you, you know, when you put your arm here, yeah. this will make the chi, and you'll feel if it, no. Right. So okay. what, you know, and some of them, a lot of them have very, you know, they have very uh, poetic names. So you, it doesn't help at all, you know, the flapping the vulture's wings or something. And some of them might say opening the channels or, or collecting the chi or opening the central channel. But so we don't know what, what is that mechanism when I go like this? Why is that? A, why to is be that fair, it's that? not that much different in China, to be honest. Mm -hmm. When you're studying with the Chinese teachers, it's yeah. not, there's not that much instruction. It's yeah. do this, do that, do this. Very hit and miss as to whether it yeah, yeah, works. Yeah, it's it's funny actually. Bring you back to this, like that section I mm. read. It, yeah. it's funny that how similar it is to our chemical writings. Um, 
for you know, anything, you know, like activating the channels or fire and water mixing or something like that. Like even yeah. the wording is very similar the, to my heathen ear, yeah. even the kind of rhythm within the way that it's yeah. written, it's very, very similar. But the difference, it, I think it's funny that <clears throat> like within Taoism, it would not be seen as a visualization or something to repeat. Mm. It would be a set of instructions, well, a set of confirmations that you're going in the right direction, which I think is interesting that you can yeah. have, do you know what I mean? Two minutes, so yeah. different takes on it. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, there's, there's literary Taoists that would recite sections of the classics, but they're not normally within alchemy. They're more within sort of religious Taoism or something, usually. A, a, a large part of Vajrayana, certainly all the deity meditation, yeah. is a fake it till you make it. 100%. So now I am a deity, I'm in this color, and I'm made of light, I have a body of light, and so on and so forth. And you just keep doing that and believing that, because that's okay. a very, that's, a, that's, a, that's the most difficult. It's one thing to say, okay, I have a red body, and so on now. You're supposed to have the identity as well. And I have the sound of the deity. Every, all sound is the sound of the deity. All form is the deity's pure realm. And now I have to be convinced that this is my real identity. Right. Okay. That's kind of a leap. Yeah. Uh, a, a philosophical or you could say psychological leap. Uh, that's not, you know, that's jumping, quite a big leap. that's like jumping over your own feet. Like, oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced. Uh, does that mean I, you know, I couldn't even be delusional if I, you know, if I try to be delusional, it's hard, right? Right. I okay. think I'm really yeah. Napoleon. I'm really not, that, I'm not convinced, you know. It sounds like, it sounds like a, a very difficult, well, first, certainly for me, that would be a very difficult leap. It would be hard for me to do yeah. because no matter how much of my, you know, intention, I could convince of that thing. There'd be other side of my brain going, nah, yeah. you know, you're still a schmuck, you're demo. That would be kind of tricky. Well, the, How do you get over that? How do you get over that hurdle? Well, again, the fake it till you make it aspect is, yeah. uh, it's actually embedded in the practices themselves because the, the core of it is it generation stage and completion. Generation, you, you visualize, they call the, you know, you're generating it and then you're inviting the, they call it sure. the wisdom being, the yeshepa, the jnana sattva, to enter into you. So when you do the visualization, you actually go, okay, I visualize myself. Now I'm, ask, I'm requesting the actual energetic sure. being to enter into me. And you visualize that again. Okay, sure. Yeah. And the concept is if you do that enough one day, it does show up. But mm -hmm. there's many problems with that. One of the ones that I found over the many years is that if it does show up, and we're not really told that, if it right. does show up, it's not going to be anything like you visualized. Okay. <laughs> you know, sure, the, yeah. it's like, yeah. oh, I can't wait to get to Bali. I can't, I've read all the books and then you come to Bali. <laughs> oh, what, what is this place? Sure. It's not, nothing like, you know, or, you know, wanting to meet someone, then you meet them in person. Oh, that person's sure, a jerk. Sure. I thought they were amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'd like to talk to that beautiful girl. And then you talk to them. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's all the, you know, our okay. expectations. So, we're not quite told, I guess they don't want to break the bubble, those that know, that when you do encounter those kind of, uh, I'll call them archetypal, I'm sure people hate me saying that, but archetypal forces, universal yep. forces, they will look and feel quite different. Why, why, would, they, why would they not like you saying that? Out of curiosity, to, to say that a deity is an archetype, it's not literal enough, personified enough? Uh, yeah, I, you know, the, that's another whole problem, you know, in the why Vajrayana fails. Not that Vajrayana is a failure, but sure. there's falling down spots. One of the falling down spots is uh, Westerners have, even though they want to 
be an Easterner, like, yep. you know, having spent a lot of time in Bhutan and I know, yes. I know their belief system and I know how deeply embedded that is. And there's no doubt yeah, yeah. in their minds. But no. for a Westerner, they've got to say, well, you know, because this, this, this is a very shamanic practice. I mean, yep. Buddhism has Tantra, it has monastic, and it has uh, uh, shamanism mixed, mushed together, and meditation. Okay. Yep. Uh, and probably a few other things. But there's a tremendous amount of shamanism in here. And some people who practice this and teach this want to tell you. They just can't wait to tell you. Oh, yes, that's all those demons are a projection of your mind. Okay. Have you been yeah. doing this practice? If you're doing this practice, trust me, <laughs> you will go, you know, as a shaman, you go into other realms. It's not a problem. You, you want to meet other entities? The universe is full of all kinds of stuff sure. and you can okay. encounter yeah. them. So they want to rationalize Buddhism and their, their Western rational mind has difficulty uh, to say that, uh, even to say that a yidam, that a meditational deity is a, a force, is, right. an, is an existent force. Now, whether that force is, uh, prim has primacy, has, is a primal force, archetype within a universe, or whether it was created by enlightened minds, which I yes. really believe that they create fields, you know, energy yep. fields or pure realms. Enough enlightened people, like well, some of the ones I've met, like Kalo Rinpoche, I used to say everywhere he walks, he's literally there's a, a wave of five element purity. It's like walking on water, like seeing this ripple. You can see this ripple in, in the fabric of reality. So yes, I'm sure they can produce pure realms and archetypal forms. And that's why you're so connected to the lineage and to the guru, because in some ways they're the conduit, uh, which is very different, I think. But they're not the, the, that's not the current Kali Rimshe. That's the one that passed yeah, away. That's right. right yeah. okay. I won't say the real film, but the original. <laughs> when did he pass away? Uh, in 1989, when I was in three-year retreat, oh, okay. I was still in there. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so with the, the so the, oh, what was I saying? There's something I've seen with Westerners. Though. Oh yeah. So so that's why that with, because their rationality to say that to go into that arena, they a lot of people actually still have feel that that might be superstitious. They they want to flaw, uh, psychologize it. Right. That, okay. Oh, yeah, that's just like Chu is just it's a way to work out your fears by pretending there's these demons or to uh, uh, what do you call it um, materialize or rationalize your issues as, as a demon, you know, like okay, make sure. your anger into yeah. a demon and then you go, no, it's they're real demons. <laughs> so uh, that's, as I say, you're much more uh, oriented in the whole of Vajrayana, you're much more oriented towards this interaction with enlightened forces, with dark forces, light forces, and less so, much less so, with developing an internal uh, organized energetic system. Well, I always said with the, with the Yidam, uh, in my mind, uh, and I don't know if it, it jives with your, your knowledge, but it's like taking the diffuse photonic light, you know, it's like a light bulb diffusing in all directions, and we're trying to make a laser beam, we're trying to make congruent light which has some organized structure to it. And um, I still believe that's true, but having now practiced enough of Nadon and Qigong to make, have some opinion, uh, we certainly are deficient in the methodology to okay. build that kind of structure that can transform uh, and make uh, congruent light, congruent magnetism, congruent, 
congruent electricity, etc., etc., or to refine energies. We're very deficient in that regard. We don't do the basics. We have a lot of very sophisticated techniques that probably most practitioners, not that they shouldn't be doing it, it's not necessarily going to hurt them, but they'll never get anywhere. I've said to many, many people, Vajrayana has an incredible tricked out Cadillac with all the fixins, but no gas, no gas tank. Right. So okay. you can sit there, imagine you're driving. You can you can visualize that you're driving, but you're actually not moving the car. How, how long? Vajrayanas will never know that. Yeah. Until they study something like that, they'll never. They'll think that's an outrageous concept. They'll say, "Well, we have bumcha. We we hold our breath like this. We hold in the energy. <laughs> okay. Not the same. It's not right. the same. As you mentioned, it's like do that, and you probably got." 10 different leaks springing here and there. You're Is there no discussion of these things? Pardon? No discussion of leakages or anything like that? Never. No, never. Okay. Yeah. And there, you know, we know there's such a thing as, as uh, lung sickness of air sickness yep. or, or deviations, you call them. But again, it's very, uh, I could say basic or be unkind and say primitive mm -hmm. in that uh, there's no real remedy for it. And there's no differentiation. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, you got this tremendous pain. You know, you got, the, we used to say, you know, it just went up the wrong way. You know, you do right, these practices, yeah. and then instead of going in this channel, and now you got those toothaches and those headaches, and, you know, et cetera, right, et cetera, okay. or whatever, yeah. or you go crazy, you know. But there's, there's very little remedy for it because anything you do increases your lung, right? So right, okay. <laughs> you can't really do practices to mitigate your lung because whatever Once you there's do, an issue, there's an issue. Yeah. Except, you know, being empty. And so that, that's a solution. But if you could do that, then you wouldn't have had the lung in the first place if you could, you know, pong. <laughs> so this was this like, a, so when you did your, your training in the beginning from the 80s, right? Yeah. I believe. The 80s. 86 to 89 was a three-year training. 86 to yeah. 89. So what, what do you start with? Do you start with any energetic practice or is it uh, more straight into kind of mind purification? Or Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a very set curriculum. And yeah. that, that curriculum actually didn't really come about till I think the 1700s. Uh, okay. And I, in the old days, really, from everything we know, and probably still happens, you meet a teacher and he gives you the practice, right. you know, deity and so on, yeah. and you, you go ahead. Uh, but then it became a curriculum, particularly because of the monastic situation and the three years, which is supposed to be the exact number of breaths that you could transform yourself and so on. Right. So you start with okay. calm abiding. And then you start with Latong or insight meditation. And then you do the, these preparatory purification exercises, which is physical. You do the physical prostrations and then counting sure. uh, purification mantras and uh, a mandala offering. I mean, they, they all make logical sense and they're all, they definitely, you know, karma is very big in, yeah, in our well, system. So yeah. definitely you're purifying karma. There's no question. It's very effective in that way of purifying material is excellent in that regard, but you're still not, never taught how to build that energy other than focus on your navel. Sure. <laughs> is, this, is this not what the TUMO is about? Is that, is that the yes. sort of method of building it though? Yeah, the, basically the, the method of TUMO, yeah, there's other preparations with the Yidda yes. practice and so on, and you're, you're learning to meditate in the body somewhat. Uh, again, I think in all of these, in all of these arts, maybe even in, in your systems, there's not enough, well, maybe there is, maybe there's not enough emphasis just on body sensitivity, just on okay. being present in your body. I think the way you teach it, yes. Uh, but that's definitely not much of it. There, there's a hollow body practice. Right. Okay. So you do yeah. practice, but hollow body is not quite the same as 
just sensing the energy field, just listening. It's not quite the same. So if we're honest, uh, what, what you're saying here, you're talking about sort of, I don't know, errors or flaws that you're seeing overall yeah. in yes. the system. But is this the same for Westerners as Asians? I mean, because you spend enough time in Bhutan and Nepal and Tibet. Is it, is it the same in your opinion across Easterners as well? That is a very good point, in my personal opinion, and you know, 40 years in these systems. I think uh, it's enough years to have an opinion, surely. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Whether it's right or wrong, I've got one. It's like um, only two years less than I've been alive. Definitely, <laughs> two years more. Definitely, there's, you know, we're in the early stages. Yeah. They say it took even to go for, for Buddhism to come into Tibet with mm -hmm. hundreds of translators and practitioners on, took several hundred years. So okay. we're still in the very early stages, but there's no question there is a, uh, in, uh, a lack of congruence between the Eastern mind and the, actually when I came out of three-year retreat, one of my takeaways was, okay, I've been putting this square peg yeah. of 11th century uh, <laughs> Buddhism, and it is 11th century, absolutely, it's 100% 11th century, even today, yeah. everything you're doing is you know, 11th century or before, um, even though practices might have been done in the 70s, same, same template, sure. that's what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. into a hole of a kid who grew up with, you know, I'm older, but still grew up with phones and TVs and whatever sure. people had, skateboards. Um, so that configuration is quite different. And well, again, it's very, I, I don't know what your opinion is on this, it'd be fascinating. But when I came out of retreat, I had expected fashion would change, you know, the yeah, different sure. things like yeah. that. But what I did not expect is what I, definitely, you know, specifically perceived, accurately perceived, that the architecture of mind had changed. Of the, the general, shape, of the, the culture. Shape. I thought the content would change, right, but okay. everything else would yep. be the same. No, the architecture of the world, the shape of the okay. world, and the shape of mind had changed. I had right. been sitting in there, our, our minds didn't change, but the world, the configuration of the world had changed. My okay. square peg was still a three-year-ago square peg, and the world was a slightly different peg. It's mm -hmm. an extraordinary thing. I guess the universe evolves some way. Um, but that is the problem that in a, in a profound way, it's not just different context or different culture. People say, oh, it's the Tibetan culture is in the way or something. No, no, it's not the culture. There's a whole configuration of understanding, of perceiving, of experiencing that has not been upgraded. Right. I don't know anyone who's upgraded it. I mean, there might yeah. be modern teachers who think they're upgrading it, I have not mm. met the upgraded teacher. But th this is what There's I some good teachers, but they're still not upgraded from a West. That upgrade has to be done by a Westerner. Sure. Uh, never, uh, and that's a, now that's a whole other thing, because any Tibetan would resist that statement. You know, they, oh, they are still the purveyors of this whole thing. They own it, right? Yeah. <laughs> that has to be, uh, you know, we're the lungfish. We're the, we're the fish that first come out onto dry land, the Westerners. Yep. It has to be... There has to be some realized Westerners, or at least developed to a certain point where they can say, hey, which is what I, I really believe you have done and I have so much respect for within your system. You've taken, you've absorbed that Chinese system, you've digested it, and you've, uh, now you're able to vomit it out for us. <laughs> you're you're yeah. able to display it for us in a way that you have filtered it through your Western understandings and so on by your efforts and by your work and by your experience. So we need Westerners who have so absorbed this thing that they can now say, you know what, this has to be modified this way.
And of sure. course, that's heresy to even say that because Eastern systems, especially, you know, Buddhism, it's extraordinarily rigid, extraordinarily rigid. You cannot sure. deviate from the system. And for some good reasons, of course. But on the other hand, as I say, that, that balance between dogma and dharma, which is truth, dharma always wins. But of course, who, has, who really has the dharma? If you sure. really have the dharma, you throw all these texts out. You know, yep. these texts are nothing compared to an enlightened being. Sure. Uh, but who is going to stand there and say, I have correct information? Well, someone who really does. And that means they're not a charlatan, they're not a fake, they're not a liar. They really have. And I have maybe, you know, a couple of little things that I could throw in and say, you know, this needs to change. Uh, I'm still probably in the stage where I know there's a lot wrong. And I can sure. identify, you know, I, I can diagnose it but I can't necessarily cure it yet. Okay, sure, yeah. But, um, and you know, you're probably on the same journey. You know, you're, you're learning more and more how to uh, make this work for other people in the way that it has worked for you because you've gone through all the terrible sufferings and dead ends and down the garden path. Well, I'm, I'm at the point of, of arguing with dogma at the moment, which is where I've hit, which isn't necessarily making me very popular, but I always think that... Uh, Culture is always the same, and I don't, th I don't think society or culture is any different from a spiritual tradition or a religion like Vajrayana or, or whatever, is that what you have within any large group of people, from what I can see, is 99% conformists, mm -hmm. essentially, that, that follow the status quo and do what they're supposed to do. And the same within Taoism or the same within Vajrayana, from what I, my limited understanding. Yes. And I think they have their purpose. Those people are the historians. They are the preservers of it. They are the ones that yeah. kind of maintain the core of the tradition but you always then have those people on the fringe that are kind of they have one foot in the dogma and one foot not that are a bit more experimental and they're a bit more creative and they're yeah. a bit more playing with it now the problem is those people on the fringe at least two-thirds of them are deluded and complete lunatics and to be honest they're better off being <laughs> in the dogma but then some people within that fringe actually have enough of a taste of how the damn thing works to then take their creativity and, and kind of advance it and that's how the art yeah. develops but the problem is that if you're on the fringe which i have a feeling or we both might be within that category within our own traditions yes. we always like the things we're the ones that aren't the lunatics do you know what i mean but, so, but somewhere amongst all of the lunatics there will be some creative individuals that will then step it further into the yes. future you know well the proof is in the pudding and in your case the proof is in the impact that you have on your students and them getting re actual results beyond what would normally accrue from getting just pathetic teachings. So, you know, that's a, a validation of what you're doing for sure. I can't necessarily say the same, but uh, maybe we'll get there. No, I mean, the dogma types will always try to resist. Yeah. But well, I see. When, when my current books get out there, then, then that may, might have some impact and, of course, make me even more of a fringe, fringe person. But uh, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my, like yourself, I'm just doing my best to help and I, I can't help but be true to my perception. You know, if I perceive sure. it to be that way, I, dogma wins out. I mean, dharma wins out. I, I can't help but go that way. So on your three-year retreat then, let me ask you about that. Okay, am I on yet? Yeah, because I think that that's something that... Uh, not only if most people even consider doing, but obviously beyond, beyond what most people could yeah. do. Like they, probably on the what they could dream of. Even on a practical level, it'd be difficult, but certainly on a psychological level as well. Yeah. So you, you had this three years, three months, and uh, during that time, 
are there certain things you're taught that are you're not taught outside of the retreat or is it only that you have the same things but you have more time to practice it no it definitely at that time yeah that's what i'm interested in yeah. right because i i'm assuming that this situation yeah. has changed so maybe you yes. could explain that it's very of course it's disturbing not you know profoundly disturbing but it's uh yeah. it's a significant issue to me it's problematic that all of those secret teachings the six yogas the only yes. way that i could learn the six yogas was in three or that was the only way at that time was that you though, though that's maybe that's not true maybe certain rare teachers right. had some western students scattered that yeah. they would but Kala Rinpoche was really the first uh, maybe Duja Rinpoche was doing it too but he certainly was the first to bring this to such a widespread area and putting westerners in three year retreats in Europe and then in America and he yeah. got tremendous flack from it from the Tibet I mean really serious for no. taking westerners oh yes right. the, the okay. you know the infidels the uh, you know the, the great unwashed the you know and barbarians. still and still your yeah, barbarians and yeah. still and still mutekpas and still that is a um, i'd say a prevailing attitude that is a prevailing oh, right. okay. yes yeah. there's a prevailing bigotry within vajrayana against white people no question any anyone sure. who doesn't know that has not been around long enough and they have yep. not traveled enough and they don't speak the language. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I can hear, you know, I can hear the conversation. I know the conversation, I know the story, and I know, you know, if you've been around long enough, you know all the things that have happened that verify this and that. And yeah, you know, the white people have European people have definitely not been given the responsibility levels that they should have considering some have been in it for 30 or 40 years. They're sure. considered to still be the underlings and you know, okay. we, we still manufacture and export llamas in Asia. We yes. export them to the West. We don't want the Westerners to take... And I, I've heard that outright statement. We don't want the Westerners to start taking this thing. Oh, it would be just so... This is young, young Tulkus, young right. uh, uh, high-up Rinpoche's in, in Nepal and so on. Oh, we, we couldn't have that. If the Westerners start, you know, being empowered. Okay. So that's a whole thing. But... Uh, but, but, they're, but they're clearly teaching some of the six yogas more publicly than they uh, yeah, before. Yeah, that's all being taught in a public way. Because Tumo, is, for example, was one yeah. of these, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. There's, there's a big uh, uh, workshop going on uh, online. In, okay. In, uh, maybe right now, maybe this last weekend, uh, by, I won't mention the teacher, who uh, I like him, he's a nice guy, but to me it's absolutely outrageous that they're teaching that. Okay. It's, it's absurd. Uh, yeah. It's absurd on many levels because it's... Uh, not just fantastical, it's delusional that you think you will get results. I do not know, and I was actually just talking to Ian Baker about that. Yeah. I do not know of one Westerner, I've not heard of one Westerner yeah. that have had results with Tumo. Okay. Maybe I yeah. heard a rumor of maybe somebody heard of somebody of somebody in France did something. <laughs> but certainly <laughs> to say that there is um, a, any reasonable, not, no, to say that there's anybody, maybe there's, there's somebody. Well, but generally, there might yeah. be a very rare person, but it is not widespread. It is not common. It would be extremely rare and almost unheard of. So, okay, let's break that down. So, you know, you wouldn't say to someone, hey, well, how's your TUMO doing? Yeah. You know, you took that course. How's it going with you? Uh, you know, you're, you're feeling heat or whatever that. I mean, so what would, what what would, would be considered results? It, what would be in TUMO? What would be considered like uh, to have done it, managed it, got success at well, it? Well, certainly. Because most the, people would the, assume sweating and heat, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, no, the idea is the descent of the four, the descent and the arising of the four blisses. Sure. You know, yeah. as, as the 
drops come down through the different uh, centers, yes. then one has different levels of experiences, awareness, transformations. We don't really know because, again, it's all couched in traditional literature. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> again, I don't have an account myself where a Westerner said, right. here's what you're really going to feel. And yeah, they say these lights and these fireflies and you'll see this and that and you'll see, here's what really went on. Now, right, okay. and yeah. did they say that because they were just having a nyam, which we call you know, meditative experience, a flash yeah. in a pan? Yeah. Or did they have a real transformative experience? So I haven't heard that story. So I, re I can't say, and I haven't had that experience myself yet. Yeah. Um, so I can't really say what will happen, but they're supposed to experience those going down and going back up. Right, okay. And um, what, why aren't the Westerners getting it? Well, it's the same, the same issue. Why aren't they getting it, number one? Are the to, Asianers getting it? Difficult question. Extremely rare. Okay, right. Extremely so rare, and if they yeah. do get it, why do they get it and the Westerners don't? In a small, still a small percentage, okay. why? Their yeah. machinery is built quite differently, right. and their mind is built quite differently, yeah. and the techniques have to be modified appropriately, but who's going to do that? Right, the, okay. The yeah. Tibetans, Bhutanese, Nepalese, whatever, they, they seem to have trouble tremendous trouble putting themselves in someone else's shoes that is of a different makeup. They, they just, it's not being done successfully. So what, what's the difference? What's the difference in makeup? Because I, I don't disagree with you actually, but I'm curious what your opinion is. And I haven't answered your other question yet. On I the know, difference anyway. in makeup. No, I know, but this is too interesting. <laughs> what is the difference? Uh, maybe physiologically, psychologically, subtle body? Yeah, all of those. What is it? I certainly have a different taste in food. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I would, you know, here's racism for you. Sorry, folks. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, utter, the utter profound stupidity. I can't call yeah. it even ignorance. Stupidity that you do not think that different races who have different genetic makeup do not have different energy fields. Okay, and sure. Yeah. It's, not, it's not racism to say that people are different, you know. It's yes. because it's not negative. I mean, racism has come to mean... You're saying there's a difference. Yeah. You know, black and white are the same. Really? The pigment is the same as no pigment. Really? <laughs> you know, racism originally meant something pejorative. You had some negative attitude towards some whole race. Yeah. It didn't mean that you recognize that French are French or Germans are Germans. Or, you know, that sure. now it's come okay. to mean this absurd, yes. idiotic, meaningless nothing. So, yes, they have a different energetic field, a different... Uh, organization of their energy, a different configuration. Um, I'm sure they process energies differently. You know, I can't give you all the specifics, but yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. even looking at them or talking to them. I know they process language differently. Sure, sure. Uh, okay. they, they have different understandings. You know, it's like you go to some countries and you tell a really funny joke. Yeah. And they just like that. What? Well, that's like when I teach in America. <laughs> no, <laughs> your jokes are funny. Say it, your yeah. jokes are funny. But, you know, there's... <laughs> I've heard even from comedians, like they go yeah. to Russia, and all of their funniest jokes in America, everyone's just straight-faced. That's because they're pro processing linguistics and energy and information. Energy and information go together, oh, okay. right? Whatever yeah. there's energy, there's information. It's impossible to have energy without information. There's these theories of some <coughs> scientists, physicists, that the whole universe is just information. Well, that's not true. It's just information and energy. 
Um, <clears throat> so yeah, there's a different configuration, and that has not been adapted to. But is even it, then, the Easterners, the, 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 the Tibetans, and I'll say that not the Bhutanese Tibetan, I'm lumping them yeah. together, the Himalayans, from the beginning, their approach, quite different from India, but some similarity, but their forte is codifying and holding on to the tradition in an extraordinary way. They're just beautiful yeah. at organizing it, structuring it, and here it is. Yeah. Don't touch it. And they yeah, yeah. maintain that. And yes, there's been adaptations for the next generation, whatever, which means you have a puja, which is you know 10% different than sure, <laughs> what sure, it was sure. before. Yeah. You, know, you have come up with your own realization. But the format's the same. It's the same package. I'm sorry. You know, it's the same luggage. Um, so we have not had a radical transformation in that understanding yet. Is it, is it doable? Is it adaptable, do you think? Or would it, would it result in a completely different practice altogether? Or is it like well, a subtle Well, I'm, I'm an example that, is, that it is possible. But at yeah. the same time, nobody wants to know from me. Right. Okay, sure. <laughs> if there's enough yeah. people who make a change, you know, that, that's, that has to do with, I always say, why is it the human beings base, well, I know why, it's animal, you know, it's animal behavior. They base their judgments on popularity sure. rather than quality. Like, wow, he's got 50 million likes on Twitter. This doesn't mean he's not an idiot. What, what are you talking about? Sure. You know, that even when you read a book, you, just, this, you sold more books. Who cares how many books? Is it a good book? Nobody sold more books than anyone else. Sure. Okay. So there's, there's the, ish, the human issue of status and then popularity. Say I have some of the greatest concepts on certain areas in the world. Yes. That doesn't mean anyone's running to see. How do they know that? And how would they right. judge that? And how would they find out that? Uh, even if I told them, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe they'll go to some wacko person in Ubud. Sure. So it's, yes. uh, that's an issue. And that's an issue of vibration and energy and so on. And, you know, the students come to you because they are attracted to you, right? Yep. And uh, same thing with my healing practice. I've always known that. If I just change my mindset and I, I want to see more patients, I'll get 20 more sure. patients. Okay. So that's for this new information to come through and then be accepted. That's almost two different issues, right? Right. Okay. I don't know what the, what the, uh, uh, what do you call it? Not the cutoff point. What what the uh, groundswell point is? Or what the critical mass is? That's the word I'm. A, the critical mass where suddenly people go, "Oh, wow! This is a cool thing, and this right, we do okay. it this way." Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, maybe it'll be one teacher that that becomes popular in that way, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there's there's no shortage of Westerners that have changed things. Well, not. I mean, you can find. I, if not being a Tumo practitioner, yeah. I'm sure I could go online and find probably 50 different versions of Tumo from 50 different Westerners. Uh, it's fairly the same and it's all uh, truncated or it's all from people who have not accomplished right. yeah. Tumo. That's okay. the main thing. I mean, okay. You can read from the same books and the same mystery. It's like my talk I just gave on chakras, right? Yeah. Chakras. Um, all of this new age chakra system yes, yeah, yeah. all is based on one wrong translation of a text that was a secondary text anyway, that okay. was a piece of a larger text. And so it's, you know, broken telephone. It has so many missing ingredients down to, and that became accepted 
as so, the reality okay. when it's just a mishmash. And then, of course, all the additions that were made. Yep. Uh, you can you know, read that book called Rainbow Body, though it's not about Rainbow Body, about the history of the Western chakra system. It's, it's um, an incredible indictment, actually, against human, human belief systems as a whole. Sure. Okay. And you see how this thing was tagged together over a 104-year period till it was rebirthed totally, I think, in 1977. It was full-blown as it is today. And it was just a bunch of whack jobs, mainly, <laughs> Okay. adding to it and I have yep. got some psychological let's make it a rainbow system oh the chakras are a rainbow colors no they aren't and they never have been and why okay. why would they be why would this would be red and this one's orange and this one's blue and purple that's that's absurd it's bizarre and it's not traditional but you know some color therapists went and if only people knew that did you know that uh, as I said in my lecture and, and yet I've seen the, that color system adopted by Asia because oh, I've been yes. back in Asia oh, and yes. seen oh, yeah, the yeah. artwork and things oh, but you're saying that's not yeah. traditional there, there's 90% of Eastern teachers including yeah. uh, what's his name Guru, uh, Guru uh, what's his name now Guru some Guru yeah some Guru what is his name <laughs> uh, yeah 90% yeah, of them are just regurgitating that same wrong system based on serpent power, based on Western teaching. Right, it's, okay. it's, yeah. it's, it's horrific, horrifying, it's frustrating, what are you going to do? That's, so what, that's what is the is. classical view of the chakra then? The, the original, like before it got distorted into it, because I presume the seven, the, the seven is a change you mean well, as well. Well, seven is, is incorrect anyway. Yes. There were multiple different systems. Five yeah. was always the traditional system because it's based on the five elements. Yeah. And, um, the uh, that same Kujika Tantra from which they extracted the six element tradition of serpent power, which then Blavatsky added the seventh. Okay. But in that same text was another section, it's two section, which has the five element system. And there's okay. a whole it's been completely translated into, into English and you can you can buy it. The five element system of the Kujika Tantra. So the five element one was traditional. The six element one is problematical anyway because in order to fit it, and actually the, the six element one is there because you're installing six different deities. Uh -huh. That's the only reason it exists. And so I, I had the question for so long, why is it in the Hindu system, or the accepted Hindu system, the New Age Tantra yeah. system, that now instead of air being in the throat, wind element in the throat, where it makes sense, you know, yeah. air, movement, motility, energy, uh, um, expression, now suddenly space element is there. And then now air's in the heart, and then fire's now in the abdomen. Wait a minute, that's where water's put. Why? Well, we had to fit them in with the six. That's the only reason that's down, because right, okay. in, in that system, you're actually not working on the elements at all. You're not, you're not doing space element in the throat. You're, okay. not doing space, uh, you're not doing air element in the heart. You're installing deities in there. It's, right, okay. it's hysterically funny. And the other hysterically funny thing I found, which I didn't have time to say in that lecture was in the six element system it is all male deities right and the okay. five elements female yeah. deities so <laughs> all of these yoginis running around doing this thing and not realizing this practice does not even have any female deities in your chakra so what, what do you how do you define a chakra because obviously that's something that chakra is something people will hear about a lot oh, yeah. people ask me about chakras all the time are they the same as the dantian which obviously not that's no. a complete incorrection but I'm always interested in people's definition of them. What would be the traditional one then, for example, if, if not your own opinion? Oh, traditional one. How, if, how would they define it prior to it becoming seven rainbow colors and switching the elements around? 
Well, they would say, of course, they didn't define it as being a nexus of nerves, uh, the primovascular system, biophotonic uh, matrix, or field, which is really a field, um, electromagnetic or photonic, etc., field, or maybe dark energy field. Yeah. But they would just describe it as a dwelling place of the seed syllable the lotus where the seed syllable and the deity sits. And actually, tradition, the original tradition is phonic. It right, is okay. the yeah. 50 Sanskrit elements. And again, in the, that's another huge deficit to me in Tibetan Buddhism. Is I know they're Montreana. Matter of fact, they're called, it's called Montreana. Yeah. Um, or it, it's actually, that's a takeoff on the original Hindu, which is Mantra Marga. So they just kind of copied it. Yeah, uh, but yana meaning path. But even though they consider themselves mantrasists, mantrianists, they do mantras like this. Yep, yep. I heard the As mumbling. opposed to the way you're supposed to do it, of um, you know, actually having a sonic vibration in your body. Sure. And from early on in my mantra practice, I went. Well, why don't they place the mantras in different places in the body? Why wouldn't you go, like, you know, because there's something called toning that was going on in the yep. 60s. Like, why wouldn't you go, mm, or even when I did voice training. Okay, you say, okay, do your voice. Now, put it two miles behind you, uh, two, two miles in front of you. Uh, and a completely different experience and feeling. Sure. Okay. But we never, in Vajrayana, they don't have that kind of experience, internal experiential situation. And also, uh, there's a wonderful uh, investigator, Chris Tompkins, who has, is the first one to discover the original phonic sounds that were in the, in right. the chakras and the way they okay. used them. And, and still, I believe that that's what we should be doing in Vajrayana, is having the Sanskrit seed syllables, you know, the 10 in each chakra, and then it should be sounded out in different ways, etc. And yep. then they would have a sonic effect on the body. But coming back to the problems of Tumo, you know, it's circular, is the, the greatest failing of Vajrayana is not embodying energy and learning to corral and contain energy so that it can fuel even that visualization. You know, I know you're ain't, you ain't into it, but I think the mantra <laughs> and the deity visualization yes. could be so much more uh, full and empowered and extraordinary sure. if it was fueled by that kind of uh, yeah. wisdom energy within the body. So I, I do believe that uh, it's something that you had mentioned on the weekend that happens in Qigong too, but I believe yes. most people in Vajrayana are doing practices that are 10 or 20 uh, years or maybe light years ahead of where they are and what they should be doing. Okay, You're sure. not ready yeah. to do uh, uh, practice. Yep. Do this for five years, then maybe. And right. do fi- that for five years, then maybe Tumo after 15 years, if sure. you pass the test and we know, you- but that's not what happens. You know, you can do it online. And, and so that's, that's not only a waste of time because you can do your Tumo for 20 years and you'll just get yep. heat. Yeah. You'll just get some heat Quite in heat. the body. I mean, yeah, you can, you can generate adrenal energy or you can, sure. you know, you can generate yeah, jump up and down, you'll generate energy. Yeah. Um, so that only not only wastes time, but then uh, people have a wrong fixed conception and they never realize what's missing. I, mm-hmm. I only credit myself 
with I knew something's missing. And that's, that's, my, <laughs> okay. that's my great genius is, you know, after 20 years, you know, yes. that's still something missing. And then I found Demo. No. L literally, literally for me, you're the first person who I saw and I said, he's got the damn missing pieces that I want. That's, that's what happened. That's why I began doing your courses. Now, you ain't the only one, I'm sure, but uh, I recognize that within your tradition, there are those technologies that do not, I'm sorry, I don't, they do not exist anywhere in Buddhism, nowhere. Now, maybe somewhere, you know, in the corner of Chan Buddhism, so maybe they've got it somewhere. Tucked away. But, yeah, tucked away. Yeah. But within Vajrayana, I do not believe it's at the level. Actually, I found out after many years in practice, hey, you know, there's a level that they teach the monks. There's a level they teach the Rinpoche. There's a level they teach the Tulkus. And then there's another level, you know. Right, okay. So even the Tulkus, they're not getting it. So I know that in three-year retreat, we were not getting the... There were a lot of missing pieces. Okay, you know, sure. And, and that's, it's a shame, but... Um, and that, that was known by the people that were teaching you, you think, that there was missing pieces? It wasn't uh, that they missed them themselves? On or, some level, yeah. Right, on, okay. on the higher levels, they know. It's like the government. Right. Yeah, somebody knows. Sure, okay. Some, <laughs> yeah, maybe the, maybe the school officials or down, you know, the, the administrators down there, they're just puppets. Right, but okay. somebody who's pulling the string, they know that that's baloney or they know what they're doing. It seems know a little unfair if someone's committed to a three-year, three-month. I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a commitment. Well, actually, I got, when I got out of three-year retreat, my yeah. main experience was, uh, you know, we have a, a remedy in homeopathy. I'm a homeopath. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Called Staphysagria, which and its keynote is for righteous indignation. <laughs> I needed <laughs> okay. that remedy a lot after. I, okay. I was really, I had righteous indignation. I did feel ripped off. Really? Oh yeah, I, I was very angry. Did you realize? I was that? angry for years. Did you realize that? I was, I was really angry, angry at my teacher too for years. Okay. Because I did feel betrayed and abandoned by In what the tradition. Way? Uh, well, by our Lama that was supposed to be there on site, and by the right. teachings being so incomplete and not the, the questions not being answered when they're direct, you know, okay. asking a direct question. Like, what about this and this? And I don't mean just because, well, that's how the tradition is. But I would say, well, negligence or, yeah, you know, it's a cavalier thing. Okay. Yes, do, yeah. get in there and do the practice. Yeah, I'm sure you've experienced Just do yeah, the practice yeah. and forget about that. You know, whatever. That's too bad. Just do it. That, that's a tradition, man. Just do it. <laughs> hey, this is, Chicago, this, is, what is it? this is Chinatown, man. Sure. Is this, is, this a, is this a common, I'm curious about this. Is this a common complaint from people who've done the, the longer retreats? Because I've not known... I have met one other person who's done it, but not, not, I don't know that many people who've done these kind of lengthy I know retreats people who've in Batriana. I know people who've done three-year retreat and done double three-year retreat that are assholes. Right, okay. So, <laughs> and that, okay. That's what gets into a whole other issue, is yeah, why, okay. why is Vajrayana not changing the personality? Well, neither does uh, Taoism. And, uh, mm, yeah, that's the same. so that's, that's, there's an answer to all those things too. But right. um, I, I would say there's quite a few people that have been, not necessarily three-year retreat, but been in this game a long time that are quite disillusioned. Matter of fact, after my okay. three-year retreat, one guy completely abandoned it, went into Vipassana, very happy in Vipassana. Yeah. Another people, uh, one person gave it up 100%. And when it, one guy went into Taoism 100%. Okay, <laughs> right. Another person tried to commit suicide. You know, I mean, you, there are a lot oh. of stories. Yeah, okay. So... Yeah. Uh, that's a failing too. Well, that's another thing that happens. A three-year retreat. There's no, uh, what do they call that? A debriefing. Yeah, sure. You just, you're, 
Yeah, I would imagine you need like a rehabilitation oh, phase. Maybe yeah. I, I assume that's what the last three months were for. Three years and you, then three months should. rehabilitation. No, the whole thing was not. And there okay. should have been group therapy for that matter. Right, okay. You know, can you imagine locking 10 men up for three years and you never have sit-down powwows together? Yeah. Like a men's group, you know, yeah, which yeah. It could be very healthy where people can be honest and say, you know, I don't know if it's me, but you're doing this thing that's really irritating or whatever. Or I'm getting angry or whatever. <laughs> okay, it's called a relationship. You talk it through, you see what's going on, and yes. you learn about yourself, you know. But we didn't have that, so we just had conflicts. And in uh, some of the other three retreats, they had, you know, fist fights and... We didn't quite get to that. Though one guy did. One guy had been a, 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 he was a black gentleman. He was, had yes. been a Green Beret. He did yeah. chase me around. He, was, he had gained a lot of weight, luckily. But he did yeah. chase me around. If he would have caught me, he probably would have Green Beret me into the ground. But okay. yeah, he did chase me. I, I was not uh, that popular in there because my Tibetan was much better than anybody. And, and uh, I probably was, I don't think I was very critical. But when people were doing things completely wrong, I, you, know, you know, this is how we do it. So right, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that was a reason, but you get, you get a lot of conflicts. I also had better stuff than anybody. You know, I had Tibetan rugs and stuff. You know, I'd been a doctor, so I had some cool stuff. Right, okay. Uh, and mainly I was in there with blue-collar guys. So, again, there was, I call it reverse discrimination. I'd never experienced that before. Was that, that rich guy with the nice It sounds rugs. like chaos. <laughs> it sounds like complete chaos. It was hell. How was many actually, people were there? It was quite hellish. It was 10 men, and we finished oh, okay. with eight, I think. Eight or seven. Some Is it still really common practice for Vajrayana in the West for people to do these three-year retreats? Uh, I think it's still going on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it was ever that popular. You, know, you get ten people, twenty people, and it's yeah, three sure. years, so it's not like they're cranking out a lot of them. But uh, yeah, now it's now everybody can wear these nakpazens, which you're only supposed to wear when you've accomplished. I shouldn't even be wearing one. You're only supposed to wear one when you've really accomplished something. Okay. But now, you know, as soon as you join the club. Now you're wearing the Nakba Zen. Eh, it's horrible. I'm so, glad I'm not a Buddhist. You know, you're not a Buddhist anymore. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Am I supposed to be one? I don't know. What do you consider yourself? Do you consider yourself Buddhist or? or? No, not no. really. No, because, I'm, because I, I don't consider that I represent. I don't want to be, even though I write these books, I'm, sure. not, repre I'm not representing that I'm part of a lineage or I'm this lineage because that, would, that wouldn't be fair to the lineage. Because I don't think I'm being true to the lineage. I'm being true to what I learn. Okay, sure. So yeah. in that yeah. sense, am I a Buddhist? I don't know. Uh, I'm a human being trying to achieve some level of wisdom with the time I have here and uh, benefit other beings if I can. Uh, that's it. So I don't know. What is that? Yeah, that makes sense to me. I yeah. mean, I, I don't call myself... I well, don't, I don't really want to belong to it all. As W.C. Field says... Yeah. I don't want to be a part of any club that would have me as a member. So what's the, what's the future for Asa then? Now that you... Uh, we haven't finished trashing uh, Tibetan Buddhism yet. Do you feel you want to more? <laughs> no. Well, yes. Uh, I, I want to constructively criticize it, wake, wake some people up. But they're not going to all start adopting uh, Qigong tomorrow. But maybe, maybe after I post something on Facebook. But no, uh, when my books come out, and over the next year, then that'll be my contribution in this life because uh, Vajrayana has given me some very valuable, a lot of valuable uh, material, insights, yes. changes, one of them being the understanding of the five elements, which is key to my being. And I, I, think it's, I think it's a wonderful form of psychology for people to live with day to day. And even on a spiritual level, it's quite useful uh, understanding those five, five forces. Again, that's one of the problems in all of these spiritual systems, yes. they don't have 
they don't differentiate energies, especially in Tibetan yeah, yeah. Buddhism. They just have the one block of energy. And so having at least different qualities of energies, five different qualities, and maybe even different levels of energies, then uh, that's, that's internal guidance that could be quite helpful. Okay. If you can recognize yeah. them in yourself, oh, I'm, I'm in an earth element state, or I'm working with uh, air element or fire, it's, it's uh, very useful. And yeah, a lot of people pick up on it. And you know, it's, it's not, I've, I've been doing that, that for 20 or 30 years, Yes, but um, and so there's a certain popularity out there, but most a lot of the information is very superficial, and a lot of it's wrong. So that's where I hope my books will come in and uh, okay, good. correct that. So that that's where I'm going with that material, and and you know the energy healing part is important too, even though it's I understand it better through you than than I did before of what it's the real nature of of uh, energy work. Do you feel there's a possible blend then between Vajrayana and Taoist practice, alchemical work? Or I, more clashes or more I blends? I think it's essential. I think, think it's, it's essential. Okay. It's not essential for a Taoist necessarily, but yep. it is essential for Tibetan Buddhism. Absolutely the only way, the only way forward. Okay. Because eventually, if it continues to just be unsuccessful, uh, it will become more and more just a shallow, superficial way of life or cultural, yeah, okay. culturalism. And uh, it will cease to be the religion it was meant to be or the transformative vehicle it was meant to be. And as I say, I've seen many people fall away that shouldn't have right, uh, okay. just because it, there's inconsistencies and there's inaccuracies and so on and so forth. Uh, so, yes, to me, the real way forward of uh, the redemption of Tibetan Buddhism is through integrating the energy techniques of Taoism. I, that is absolute certainty. Okay. I, I, that's not my opinion. That's a certainty. I know that for a fact. I know that internally, and I know that from the experience of the two. And uh, people can accept that or not, but there ain't no other way. There's just simply no other way. If you okay. do not have gas in a gas tank, you will not have results <laughs> with what they call the, the completion stage practices, the six yes. yogas, tumo, or dream yoga, or any of those other uh, techniques which require internal transformation. And I don't see how you're going to get a light body. That's well, the, the main thing. And this is something that's interesting, right? Light body, rainbow body, like ascendance, yeah. immortality within Taoism yeah, or yeah. something, right? Th why, this is my thought, is obviously very few people are achieving such things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Why is that not more accepted within a tradition? Because it seems to me to be sensible that if a tradition, unless they go down the route of saying all those things are metaphors and they're not real, which some people do. But if they accept that those things are realities and that their tradition and their practice is not on the whole leading to that, then surely that's the clearest sign that there's a deficiency. They must have a rationale for why they're not achieving what they're supposed to achieve. Or do they not? Uh, I don't know. The, as I'm sure you know, because you have been a, a healing practitioner, a doctor of Chinese medicine, etc. Uh, you can't treat a condition unless you diagnose it. Yep. And I would say that person is not going to even come to you unless they've already self-diagnosed. I got right. a pain here. That's called yep. a self-diagnosis. Yep. 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 <laughs> Something, if they say, not a problem. I don't have a problem. You know, okay. it's like why people don't go to psychotherapists. Well, because psychotherapists are all crazy. That's one. <laughs> but uh, they don't recognize a problem. I, I'm not a narcissist. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yep. I'm not a monster. Uh, so, that problem is not going to be recognized by the, uh, the elite, the power possessors right. of Vajrayana. 
the, the massive Tibetan teachers out there who are frankly, oh boy, boy, there's a lot of rigid ones. I mean, really, okay. really rigid mentalities. Some of them are really wonderful, but they're really uh, in a containment right, field. Okay. They're really in a containment. And so it would be very hard to introduce these things. And of course, there's there's a tremendous amount of corruption. I don't again. People can people can love their lamas. That's great. But I'm telling you, there's a tremendous amount of corruption of, uh, I would say, charlatan teachers or teachers that have their personality issues are definitely in the way of their spiritual development. Okay. Yeah. And I and I've unfortunately studied with some of those teachers who yes. are brilliant, but financially corrupt, you know, sexually corrupt, uh, ethically corrupt. In, all, in many, many different ways. It's, it's very upsetting. If people only knew, actually, if people only knew what I knew. <laughs> sure, okay. I already yes. was pillared for not, for not exposing some people, but if they knew what for I knew. For not exposing some people. Oh, yeah. Oh, not yeah. for exposing people, for not exposing Yeah, for people. not exposing these people. You know, well, okay. uh, who am I to expose? You know, I don't have a smoking gun. I don't, you know. Yeah. It's for people to come forward. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot that goes on in those corridors of power within Vajrayana. People are people, and once they get yeah. power, then you really find out who they are. It doesn't yeah. make a difference whether they wear robes or normal clothes. Yeah, so, you know, to complete the answer to that question, yeah. uh, it will have to come, as it usually does, it'll have to come from the, the, the groundswell, the populace. It'll have to come from the average practitioner. If enough of them go, you know what? Uh, Maybe Asus, what, what is he talking about there? I don't even know what he's talking about. I haven't got yep. gas or a gas tank. And okay, let's let's have the discussion. And okay, let's, sure. uh, yep. you know, let's, let's see if we can reach a new understanding of why you haven't had success for the last 10 years, or et cetera, or even with your mantra work, or why, why is the Yidam not showing up for you? Because we don't have, I don't know if we lost them. I really don't know. Yeah. I believe they were there, at least in a more sophisticated way, though, again, there's no question in Vajrayana, our energetic systems, you know, three channels, yep. it's obviously basic, primitive. Right. I mean, okay. look at Chinese channels, meridians, whether yes. in medicine or, or, in, uh, or in Taoism, it's very sophisticated and very... You know, like like I, I think I think I still think it's really crude. Uh, yeah, but I think of Jerry Allen <laughs> yeah. Johnson's books. You know, yes. like this thick and and it's amazing diagrams and so on. We yes. haven't got anything like that in Vajrayana. Okay. So that that limits our our fiddling around, and but particularly we haven't got the, te the simple techniques, right. which okay. I told you that you know when I when I asked you to come to. Bhutan, I said, you're the guy that can redeem Buddhism. And you said to me, no, you do it. I, I can't be bothered. You remember yeah, saying yeah, that? Yeah. Yes. So if I get to the point where I have some success, you know, and I go beyond my yeah. obviously beginner level, I would like to share that. You know, I'd love to be able to teach that somewhere down the road if I have enough life in me and enough vitality and so on. <laughs> I would love to bring that into Vajrayana. I, I, would, I would be overjoyed because I think it's, you know, it's tragic. That sure, people okay. are really, they, they have such pure intent and such intention, but it can't work. It, it can't work without fuel. You're not, fl you're not flying any machine. You know, you're, not, you're not flying a jet machine with kerosene. What, so. what, happens, what happens when the students ask the, the Lamas or the Rinpoches about such things? Because, uh, I mean, I'm not a Vajrayana practitioner. Mm. If I was in the tradition, yeah. by my nature, I'm a little bit inflammatory. I am mm. a questioner. I'm yeah. a little 
the monkey nature is quite strong in me. So if I was seeing, well, okay, uh, there's this Rinpoche's and these Lamas, and these ones are dying, and they're not achieving rainbow body, and not achieving light body. And half of them have diabetes, yeah. Half, yeah <laughs> I would want to know, I would ask them. I would ask them in applied fashion, but I want to know, well, why aren't people achieving any more, perhaps, what we heard about in previous generations? So I, I would ask them, is this metaphorical, are you saying, just myth or legends, or have we lost something, or are people different, or does that question not come up? Uh, that kind of debate? Yeah, I, I would, may, maybe it would be hypothetical for me to answer that question, but from what I've heard and what I've seen over the years, they would say, you know, our karma is different, you know, Western's right. karma sucks, okay. and, uh, you know, our practitioners are not like they used to be in the old days. You know, that, that's, sure. that's a bunch of crap. You know, it's like blaming, it's like blaming the patient. <laughs> right, you okay. Know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, you didn't apply the right remedy. That's why they're not getting the results. It's not their fault that they're sick. You know? <laughs> but they would be talking about themselves as well when they say that they don't match the old practitioners, I would assume. I suppose. You know, they would say the times are, this is the dark age, you know, this right, kind of okay. nonsense. Yep. Well, maybe it is the dark age if we can't recognize our, our faults and, and then come up with some solution. Yeah, that's the dark age for sure. Mm. No, it's a, it's a very you know, rigid and self-defeating system in that you know, any, any uh, organization, any institution, that's what happened. You look at the medical yes. profession or you look at the legal profession, they become ossified in that way and they, they're, they're not nimble and able to change. It's the individual that can maneuver. They're, they're all the big yes. Bismarck, the big battleship that takes seven hours to be able to turn, you know. Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> That's you, why we sank it. You're talking about it like it, uh, in Vajrayana, but I, I don't see it any different in any of the traditions that I've been no, in. The one something becomes a dogmatic religion, I think that it no longer serves its purposes as well as it could. And, and that's a clash that I'm constantly having in Taoism because I have yeah. no interest in the religious side of what people are doing or the, the, the dogmatic side, but it's not because I have a distaste for the religion. It's because I, I believe that it's a restriction on actual development yeah. within practice. If anyone has been listening to this from the start, then I have yes. to make a very serious correction. Yeah. I'm not advocating in any way that all these Vajrayana practitioners start practicing Taoism. Yeah. They have to practice the right Taoism, right. Okay. <laughs> the right methodologies. So I would say, if they practice the methodology such as you teach and people like you teach, then there can be a real transformation. But a lot of the nonsense I've seen, and I, hey, I've got about 200 books on Taoism on my computer and PDF files yeah, and so on, sure. and I've read most of them and so on. A lot and, of testicle weights for you. Well, it just, you know, <laughs> I, I did, I still, it's shocking, you know, sometimes when you have a realization, you just... I did not realize that all my efforts were, you know, putting vinegar into a leaky kettle. <laughs> right. Okay, sure. Yeah. Rather than yeah, being yeah, yeah. able to deposit chi into a containment field that I could develop and I could start to feel and I could even though in my life I've had experiences where there was something there. Yeah. I yeah. felt a thing there. And I, I those, you know, those memories are very vivid, but I didn't really know quite how that came about, or I did not have a methodology to develop Do, do you know what causes a lot of Taoism to fall down, mm. in my opinion? Mm. A lot of Qigong, a lot of Taoism falls down because they believe it's based on visualization. Mm. That, in my opinion, that's wow. what it is, rather than uh, the quality that you yes. develop. I think you're onto something there, because visualization or imagination yes. is something very different than Qi. 
completely. It's different. And, and we are we're either directly taught or certainly led to believe that wherever your thought goes, chi follows. Yes. Okay. Maybe, again, if you divided energy into different types of energy, yes, where thought goes, sensation and experience follows, but that's not this stuff, this stuff of qi that we're talking about. There's an interesting concept within the Chinese phrase of that, yi dao, qi dao, like whether mm. mind goes, the qi flows, or whatever people translate it as. No. But actually the Chinese character dao can, does, can mean follow, but can also mean the fruition of a journey. So essentially, you could retranslate that term, if you wanted to, as the resultant journey that your mind goes through will transform the chi. It would be another way of looking at a little bit more complex. And that's in more in line with what I've been taught and how I work. So that I would say that if you try to generate an experience with your mind, you will have an experience. Mm -hmm. But if you try to transform the quality of your mind in its chronic overall state, then it transforms the quality of the chi in an overall state, and then the chi will arise. Mm -hmm. Because the experience is nothing. It's, mm -hmm. it's a sensation. It's okay, like whatever. But it's not, it's not the actual result. So I don't think the yi needs to go anywhere, or the mind needs to go anywhere. I think the mind needs to transform. Mm. And that's, yeah, and that's what most of our, our work is to do. But I, I, I can only apply that within my tradition. I can't comment on, on others that I see or anything like that. But I, I do wonder if there's similar issues. I don't know. I'm not sure. Would you say the average Shmo, Vajrayana <laughs> practitioner, young person, uh, Shmo is not a bad word. To I, say, I think I'm, I'm the average Shmo in Taoism. Uh, it means a Shmo or a Shnook. Or, you know, it's not a bad word. It's, it's not, it's it, like doesn't a, mean, it doesn't mean Shmuck. Shmo means just... Eh, it's like an old American term to me. <laughs> it, it's, it's a Yiddish term. You know, okay. It just means uh, some, yep. some poor guy or woman. Um, would you say the average person who has no Danqian, as you call it, uh, can develop that in two, especially if they're a meditator, develop that in two, three years? Who, who say again? Who has the, no Dantian? Yeah, has no, you know, the average, yeah. the average person, though they're a yeah. Buddhist and they're doing yeah. their practice and they're doing yeah. their visualization, their mantras, whatever. Yeah. Do you think they could develop a Dantian in two, three years? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. The establish, Pro problem solved. The, <laughs> the establishing of the lower Dantian can take place in about seven days, wow. to be honest. Not filling it. Maybe, but the filling it's different. Well, obviously, but establishing I'm, it, yeah. Obviously, I'm a great failure to my mother and my friends. And my <laughs> no, not at all. Not even slightly, no. I think you've uh, gone beyond what most humans would be capable of effort-wise with your retreats and your practice <laughs> over those years. No, it, but I... Well, that's good. That, that's, uh, that's redeeming because um, that's what's needed. That, that could really change people's practice, change their whole orientation. And they could, you know... Carry on. They don't have to be Taoists. Carry on and be a Buddhist, but just integrate techniques uh, and understandings. You know, and yeah, require some philosophy and some some wisdom. Uh, integrate methods which can uh, build the energy you need to fuel this monster called Vajrayana. You know, as a temple, I know in northern Thailand, uh, Theravada, obviously mm. Buddhism, forest tradition, that uh, all of their practitioners have Dantian. Wow. Yeah, they would have their own terms for it, obviously, but chatting with the monks there a little bit and even yeah. just hanging around them. So they, they have methods that are developing it and uh, they have their own. And I think that's quite rare in Theravada, yeah. as far as I'm aware. So you know the guys who die know, and then their, are bodies, on it. their bodies don't decay, right? Yeah. And, yeah. 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 And they give off an odor of flowers for each Sure. Time. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Vajrayana does recognize, well, 
They don't detail it. That's the craziest thing. Yeah. Uh, they're nowhere is there detailed. Okay, here's a regular body. Here's a light body. Well, uh, wait a minute. How did you, how did those cells, tissues, sinews? How did you, how did you make that? Like, there's no, that's a big gap in information. Yeah. Okay. Nothing. Maybe there's something in uh, in Taoism. I'm sure there is, uh, but. There, there's no explanation of what that actually means in terms of your construction, but also in terms of the methodology that, you know, okay, now, now you have, in other, in other words, it doesn't happen overnight. So what would yeah, it be yeah. like if you're 20% there or if you're 23%, you know, that that's not told in Vajrayana. And so people yes. have no idea. They just do their practice and they hope one day something's going to happen. Like if I'm in dark, you know, stories, yes. she was in dark retreat for 25 years in the pitch dark. And when they came in there, her body had completely evaporated. Well, that doesn't help me. I don't know what went on. So is there, is there literally no discussion then of the direct cause that leads to that effect for something like that? Of, of say light body or, or something, one of these high level things? I would say no. Okay. Yeah, the, there's a description of the techniques that, you know, you can read in the books and so on. Right. But there is no guidance as yeah. to what to expect, or even stages, really okay. stages of the path, I would say. That's funny, see, because Vajrayana, from what I, my limited understanding, looks actually a lot more um, sequential and linear than some other traditions, say like Zen or something yes. like this. So I'm surprised. I would have thought that, that what I see at the beginning, that sequential process, would have carried on further and further down the line. But it's it very sequential in terms of uh, what you call self uh, what do you call it? Self-realization. Okay. Of yeah. understanding nature of mind. Yes. Very, very detailed, complex, and profound Kind of nailed that. Yeah. yeah. But, but <laughs> the other component, the... the energetic component, yes. that's tremendous, that's missing. And that's why one teacher that I had said very clearly, you cannot have Mahamudra or Dzogchen unless you are in the central channel, unless you have entered the central channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was shocking to me. I said, oh, it's not just a... Understanding? No. Yeah. If you're in the central channel, that is Mahamudra, that is Dzogchen. You're not okay. like, oh, man. And, and people are going, oh, yeah, I'm having a Mahamudra experience. Unless you energetically, unless you have biophysically, you could say, bioenergetically entered the central channel, you're not really having any, how, how could you possibly have a sure. experience of the core of being unless you're in the core of being? <laughs> so how, how do they do that? How do they do that? What, is there a, uh, a rationale or an explanation for getting into the central channel or how it's well, built? Or I, I do believe that Pierce, you know, in the uh, combining the, uh, the Hindu system as well, yeah. um, in the, it is all through the chakras. Yeah. And the, there are these, here's my theory, uh, sure, sure. there yeah. are these things called granti. Yep. Or what they call the knots, right? Knots, yeah. which, again, in Vajrayana, they talk about, you know, doing your song, it'll untie the knots. It's kind of very vague. What are those knots? Nobody talks about blah, blah, blah. My understanding, yeah, I would say a little bit my experience, but not really my, my understanding, is those knots are, they're actually not knots from the point of view of the body. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. supposed to be there because... You're not supposed to be zinging into the central channel while you're trying to make a cup of tea. The central <laughs> channel is like your source of beingness. Your okay. source. It's, yeah. it's like your, your God self, your core of existence. And you're not, during your life, you're not supposed to be in there uh, with your consciousness, you know, as far as biology is concerned. Yeah. And those granti are actually your, 
protective buffers so that you don't fall into the center. You're trying sure. to make tea and okay. <laughs> now I'm, I'm with God suddenly. Sure. Uh, so we're going against our natural, obviously we're going against our natural biological state yeah, by yeah, trying yeah. to get enlightened. The, the body just wants to, like a blade of grass, you can grow and die, who cares? Yes. Uh, so, you know, we crazy people are found out, somebody found out a long time ago that there's some exit uh, strategies possible. Yep. Strangely enough, uh, or, you know, as some people wrote, the psychology of man's possible evolution. We do have a, we do have an unused uh, proprietary system that can be put online. Yeah. But, and again, in my, my talk and my future book about chakras, the chakras are not a spiritual system for God's sakes. Okay. They're just your natural biology. You can repurpose them and make yeah. them into a spiritual system, but that's not what they're there for. They're just part of your uh, anatomy. It's, an, it's okay. an energetic anatomy, a photonic yeah. anatomy, but that's just anatomy. It's just biology, bioenergetic bio physiological phenomena. Okay. Uh, so the grunty are a uh, important natural preventer, preventing you from accidentally or unintentionally going where you don't belong. So, you know, you could say your life force, your information, energy is coming, then it fills your body, now you have an experience of being alive, right? Right, okay. Um, yeah. So, through the grunti, any, at any chakra, you can, what they call, pierce that area, and you can enter into the central channel going against uh, the natural order of things, and then you can do that. And so you could do that just by concentration. Yes, You know, okay. if you are yeah. so powerful... And it, it, this is a big problem because very few people, I think if you said, how many people have that capacity for laser-like uh, mind capacity? I don't care how many years they try to do it. I don't have that. I've been meditating a lot of years. Sure. I don't have a laser mind yeah. that can you know, stay on one subject for an hour or <laughs> 10 hours. It's uh, <laughs> a tricky thing, huh? No, I, I could watch TV for 10 hours. That's about sure. it. You know, that's yeah, the yeah. Only, that's, my attention will be there for 10 hours. Yeah, if it's a good movie but not on one point. Um, so the different techniques that are used, uh, even mantra, are essentially you can pierce that and enter the central channel. Right. Uh, I think that Taoism is quite correct that, uh, and I, I blogged about that too, that you don't want to concentrate energy in the head or the heart because they're not built for that. First of all, they're hard. They're not soft cavities. Yeah. You yeah. want a cavity that can expand, be distorted around, do whatever you do. and You yes. should do that in your head or your heart. You're just going to blow the whole thing out, especially if you make a mistake. But even yes. if you didn't make a mistake, that's not a great place to try to enter into the central channel. I, I, you know, it's, it's dangerous to me. Yes. And you know, You'll either go crazy or you'll go what? what you go in the heart. You, you'll you'll uh, go into... Abject fear, <laughs> something strange. Sure. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's, it, it can't pressurize, it can't take that kind yeah. of pressure. Yeah. And um, so I think the abdomen is the place. And strangely enough, you know, in, in Buddhism in general, Theravada included, yeah. we're taught shamatha concentrating on your nose. I don't know why. Okay, sure. The whole thing yeah. is concentrating on your nose. You're supposed to calm your mind and you just watch the breath at your nose. <laughs> it, is, it is absurd. And yeah, after a while, you sure. realize it's making it more and more and more and more. No, no. Get away from your nose. Forget about your nose exists, you know? Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, yeah. Even when my voice, when I did voice training, yeah, they, yeah. Here, here's the mantra they used. It's called the link ladder system. He says, cool air comes in and gets warm in the belly. Oh, really? Okay. Cool air comes so, in, gets warm in the belly. Yeah. And your whole 
the whole voice training was to learn to speak from here. No matter what, and opera singing, whatever it is, you learn to emote from here, speak from here, express from here. And my... This voice teacher is so wonderful, was so wonderful. I just passed on that, maybe. But um, as soon as somebody say, and it was mainly actors who were taking these courses. But as soon as they say something, he says, "You're you're in your throat. Sure, what are you, okay. you're in your yeah. palate. You're in your. What are you doing? Now? Get down there. Sure, okay. <laughs> you could yeah, immediately yeah. catch where they were, and then he would try to find out why. It was always fun because uh, it, the technique he used was like this. He says, uh, "Why are you speaking from your palate? I don't know. You do know. I don't know. You do know." Right. I don't know. You do know. And if he had to do that 20 times, eventually they go, well, I feel if I, if I don't stay, you know, and then they, they did know. Right, sure. Okay. So that yeah. was his Zen-like technique of um, freeing the voice. But, you know, he had something going on there that uh, uh, Vajrayanas could learn from, right. you know, okay. sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, don't, don't hold your energy up here. So... Uh, it makes sense that this is the pl- most common place where we try to enter the central channel. Okay. But again, the instructions that we are given are basically just try to pressurize, hold your breath, kumbhaka, you pull up your anus, yep. and uh, try to put, visualize your energy going into the central channel. Right, okay. but to be fair, it's not much different for a lot of Negong practice as well, the simi- yeah. similar instructions, yeah. which is quite lacking. Quite lacking, yes. Yeah. And so, you know, the... Now, now, I, now I get it. At least that much I get. I, I know what I'm closing, supposed yeah. to do. So that's, it's very, very exciting for me, even though it's uh, like this weekend with you. It was wonderful, but uh, bittersweet. Uh, oh, okay. Really? Somewhat sad. Yeah, because... Okay. I apologize. Because I'm not 30 years old. I'm not 18 years old. <laughs> so to have the time to accomplish this, I have the will, you know. Yeah. Uh, but to have the time in life or even the vitality... I mean, you don't have the same vitality as 30 or 20, no matter what you like to think. So um, that's bittersweet that this was not available. But hey, you know, we didn't have cell phones either, and we didn't have a lot of things. Sure. So <laughs> we also didn't have demo. So that's, that's just a karmic thing. But it's, you know, the, the, the sweet part of it is, wow, this is amazing. You know, it's, let's go for it. What do you think will be the reaction if you were to take that or take your understanding that you're talking about here and then share it with, I don't know, top Rinpoche's in Bhutan or Tibet? Or, well, would they be open the, to the first, on the, whole? the first obstacle is if I am not lazy or distracted or stupid enough to not optimize because that, it's up to me to make use of it now. So, sure, okay. Yeah. So I've got to dedicate myself to that because it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to coast, especially after a certain part, period of your life. You know, you've done all this shit. You go, can, can I finally rest? <laughs> and then you realize, no, no, you're just getting started again. <laughs> no, there's always Here we go else. again. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I've been told after you die, perhaps there's another layer. <laughs> but, you know, you had a wonderful discussion with the Tulku of Tongten Gyalpo. You know, yeah. Very, very high guy in Bhutan and I, someone who I love dearly. He's a nice fellow. Wonderful person. Yes. And uh, he was very interested and very attentive to what you had to say. Yeah. And uh, probably if you hung around with those guys more, yeah, they'd pick up on it. I'd trade it for archery. I'd do some archery <laughs> with him. That'd be good fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's an archer. And, uh, you know, remember he, he gave that story about someone who's very was very well known in the Tibetan field, Ngushil Ken, one of the great yeah. masters of the, you know, ones who came right out of Tibet. And uh, he, he had told him personally that 
he found the Hindu methods of meditation yeah. was even more, of, or, or Salung was more effective because they worked on all the chakras. I was quite surprised when he said that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, these yeah. really great masters, like Nosho Kan or Kaula Rinpoche and so on, they're much more innovative than, you know, anyone yeah, okay. who really realizes yeah. these states, for sure they're rebellious, for sure they're, they're going on their own. Externally, like Kaula Rinpoche, very much in the tradition. But internally, I know he was doing, you know, yeah, 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 he yeah. was, you know, he was flying out there. He was experimenting. You've got to be that rebellious. And this is where the idea of the tulshuk comes from, which is a crazy wisdom, yep. which, is, which is bad translation. The real translation, as people have pointed out, is uh, dharmic conduct or oh, right. okay. discipleship, you know, yeah. the disciplineship. So yeah. it's like having the, that alert mind, you know, having the, being, being on your edge, you know, being in yourself, being in your core, that's really all it means. It's that's a retranslation of crazy wisdom? Oh, yeah. That's, really? Tool, tool that's very mean, different. Yeah. Tulshuk means following the, your dharmic discipline uh, practice with awareness. That's all it is. Now, it's not, there's no word meaning crazy in there. <laughs> okay. It, it actually means entering, it means entering the, entering the field, you know, entering, okay. the, entering the, entering your being, really, it is. So, yeah, it's just being... How did it get translated as crazy wisdom? Because uh, obviously I've heard it Trump, just Trump Rinpoche. Yeah, Trump Rinpoche. Right, okay. Chokin yeah. Trumper, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he was crazy wisdom. But, you know, it means that these people uh, function in an eccentric way. Yeah. And uh, it not, but again, you know, that was a license for people to just act wacky. But an so eccentric way means... saying eccentric means to deviate from the dogma yeah, of the tradition. Yeah, eccentric. Yeah, right, you're, okay. you're, or you're, you know, you're, you're dancing to your own drummer because it's a drummer of wisdom. You're, you're aligned with wisdom mind. Oh, you know, okay. one of the great eccentric... Very different take on it. Oh, one of the great eccentric uh, beings was Dujan Rinpoche's uh, yes. his son. And um, when I spent, I was fortunate enough to, you know, be with him back in the day. And um, before I went to my three-year retreat, I asked what lamas you know, were around, where I could, yep. the ones I really respected, the ones I felt were enlightened beings, and he certainly was. Uh, you know, what, what advice do you have? And, you know, he, he was so eccentric. He just leans over and whispers yep. in my ear, only this, wisdom mind. Only wisdom mind. What the? <laughs> but he was completely right. Sure, okay. and I mean, it, yeah. yeah, if you could do it, but it's very, very profound instruction. Sure, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. there was another time, and you, you were at the big, no, you haven't been at the big stupa in, in Nepal. There's no. a, that big, gigantic stupa, and we showed up there, and I didn't, I didn't know quite who he was mm -hmm. at the time, but uh, when we showed up there, you know, hundreds of people crowded around, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we went up in the stupa, and I was... I was wearing all white at the time, and I had my Nikon camera, and that was the days before digital cameras. So yep. I had the Nikon with the big lens, and there's all yeah. these people there, and I'm, I'm, you know, excited. And he leans over to me and goes, "Do monies or something? Don't be an ordinary mind." Right. I'm okay. Like, Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he was always with wisdom mind, and okay. here I am being my my monkey self. You know. Yeah. Sure. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's Tulshuk. You know, he was very eccentric, and he did a lot of stories about him. How he, the way he acted, it was very crazy. He was, matter of fact, I was his court photographer, and we did things yeah. like he he goes, okay, you know, because it was very special to have somebody with this kind of camera there. It's not not well known, not common. So we'd go and he'd we go to the elephant park, and he'd sit on an elephant, and I'd take his picture, and he posed like right, this, okay. and I'd yeah. run on a horse horse, but and he'd be on a horse, and he'd pose. and I found him hysterically funny, and you know, he was really right. enjoyable because yeah, yeah, he yeah. was just wacky, and it wasn't like an ego thing. It was just like he's just having fun, you know, it's like okay. like a kid, but yes. 
but a very profound kid. <laughs> so yeah, that's more in line with how you would translate, you know, what people would call crazy wisdom these days, yeah. rather than abusive or no, 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 filling the body with toxins or you know. Yeah, I've known, I've known guys like that too who were uh, you know wildly alcoholic, and but had you know they had precognition and so on and so forth. But yeah. Uh, yeah, to, to me, I, I, I didn't like that. You know, I, I'd been around a few abusive teachers. That was kind of the way they taught. And yes. they would accurately, you know, tell you what kind of scum you were. And really, <laughs> really very hurtful and sexual okay. things. And, you know, women yep. would come in, they would say horrible sexual things about them and so on. <laughs> sure. And, but Sounds I, pretty horrible. I didn't want to, no, I, to me, that's not my style. I, I, I no, didn't no, want no. to see that. So, no. But uh, I'm sure it's the same as the Taoist, what do they call those guys? It's the Taoist crazy... Uh, well, I think they normally just call them Taoist teachers quite yeah. often. There's, there's a lot no, the, of them, unfortunately. Traditionally, the ones, you know, off in the, in the mountains. And, yeah, you know, sure, yeah. The Wush, what they call the Five Mountains, the Wuxi, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Traveling around and, and writing crazy haiku poetry or whatever. Uh, so I think it's a very similar phenomenon. And those people often have to be hermits because they're so unusual and they're so, yeah. they're so unable to be with human kind. You know, they're so different than human beings. <laughs> They aren't human beings anymore to me, actually. They're, they're, a different, they're a different species now, really. Sure, okay. And that's, yeah. yeah, you know, one of my most profound moments in retreat, I wouldn't say my most uplifting, Yes. but a profound moment was when I was doing practice and I realized I was going to lose my human shell. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, my, we normally would not think of what that, you know, how do you even conceive of that? But when you have an experience where your entire connection to humanity, whatever that uh, phenomenon, that, that complex of yes. ideas, feelings, sensations, affiliations, emotion, that whole thing dissolving. And I've never liked the human race as a, as a I like people, but not the race. Yep, yep. But at that point, it was amazing how resistant I was. Because sure. I realized I would be, literally, I would be insane, literally insane, and I would literally have no connection to people anymore. Okay. I, I, and yep. I, I, it, it was very, it was terrified me. It was shocked me when I really at the point of letting go of that. And I didn't let, I intentionally did not let go. That was a mistake, I'm sure. Okay. But sure. I yeah. knew I would be a crazy, uh, a crazy uh, tool shook. <laughs> you know, that, that would be my fate. Maybe that wouldn't have been true, but that was the experience at the threshold yeah, sure. that okay. now I would no longer be part of that human race. And I felt quite nostalgic for the human race. It shocked me. Okay. And, you know, I don't want to feel that when I die. That Oh, I want to be back in the human race. Come on, it's time to leave. <laughs> Go somewhere else. <laughs> sure. Okay. But yeah, that, that happens. Damn it. Ah. And that just probably, you know, that was a good experience, but uh, it just mean I probably needed to do some different practices so I would let go and be a crazy person. <laughs> well, there's still time. Yeah. You've got time I, to disappear I, I, into I, the, I, yeah. the mountains of becoming eccentric. I've gone quite far into the insanity. You've made it to Ubud. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, that's true. There's plenty of opportunity for insanity here. Well, you know, it's, it's a kind of a dichotomy <laughs> because in some ways I'm someone who won, you know, the conflicts of our yep. being. I'm sure you know this one very well. In some ways, there is a part of me, and at the end of three, three or three years, what Kalo Rinpoche says, you know, this is the last 
message he gave you. You've done very well. You've stayed in the three-year retreat. That was number one. Number, number. Well, not, I mean, not that you've accomplished anything, but you stayed. I mean, that's, that is actually a detainment, <laughs> I think. Says, yeah. And now yeah. you pick one practice from this section, one from that, and then now do a 12-year retreat. Oh, really? Because that was just a that's way to find out what, what are the things right. you like best. Okay, sure. And whatever those three, you know, one yidam, you have one protector and one to the six yogas. Okay, now do 12 years. I'm going... That so this was been. just a smorgasbord. This was just yeah, a cafeteria yeah. to find out what's your favorite food. It's like finishing your three-year prison sentence and finding out they've extended it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. For good behavior, they extended it. Joyous. Uh, <laughs> but in some ways, I could have spent my entire life in retreat, and I yeah. could now. But in the same time, the dichotomy is I haven't got the equipment for it. I haven't got the temperament for it. Right, I okay. really couldn't. Yeah. I would like to, but... You know, I doubt many uh, people have for something like that. I but, mean, a lot of but people wanting to, wanting want to, to, but yeah, you, yeah. But you know that you're not up to it. You know, it's like, a, no, I can't lift that barbell. Barbell. I'd like to, but I ain't got those yeah, muscles. Sure. So I mean, lots of people who say they want to be renunciates and do lengthy retreats, but I, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't sound. It's like a lot harder thing. than you think, right? Yeah, it's very hard. I would imagine so. Oh yeah, the isolation, being stuck with. Not, I learned about men. That's for sure. How horrible they are. I'd rather be on my own, I think. I didn't, because I'd never <laughs> been in the army, you know, I'd never yeah, yeah. been in this situation. So I didn't know what it was like living with just these men. Horrible people. Did they all finish the three year retreat? Uh, no, I think two or three dropped out. Okay. We had one Frenchman who was literally a borderline. He was a very mentally unwell person. But, yeah. you know, that, that's another thing. There is no. There's no psychological counseling during the retreat, and there's no, right. there's no psychological admission uh, process. Right. So we that sounds dangerous. Up. You just throw everybody in there with all of their neuroses and their psychoses and really bad. The yeah, women's sure. retreat was worse. And we had one woman who was, uh, the, the other retreatants, they'd find holes cut in their clothing, cutting holes. And then okay. she, started, she tried to start <laughs> the place on fire. They did, okay. they did kick her out trying to torch the place. Rightly so. I mean, you don't want to be burnt. Your, your three-year retreat was ruined because everybody well, but, but, died but, in a fire but, halfway but in, through. But in today's liberal environment, they would say, oh, give her a break, you know? Sure. Yeah, she's okay. Let her kill everybody. Well, yeah. I, think, I think the fact you got through it, I think, is right. I think, it's a, I think that's quite an achievement to get through the three years, three months, and to come out with at least most of your marbles intact, I think is a, an impressive feat. It is interesting now, though, uh, particularly juggling, and I don't know if I'm juggling, but I have two very distinct, in other words, my meeting with you and, and yep. having the honor of, of learning from you, I won't say working with you because I'm just learning from you, I ain't working nothing, but uh, having that, I'm not, and I don't wish to, and I don't need to give up my visualization, deities, Mantric, my relationship to these forces. I find sure. them quite yeah. lovely. Like Machik Labdrin, she's yes. the most beautiful goddess. You know, I mean, to me, it's very enriching. Matter of fact, it's a lifeline in many ways. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. when I'm sick, I don't go uh, holding my, you know, energy. No, I'm going like, you know, <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm working with, I'm not, yeah. pr I'm praying them, but I'm working with, to me, they're very real. They are very real forces and processes and they work and they, they do what they say they're going to. That's the one thing about Vajrayana. It does what it says it's going to do, but there's a lot of missing pieces. But it, and the part that it it does do that, it just we don't have the fuel. Simple as that. Okay. But uh, it's interesting to juggle these two together, and I'm very interested to see what happens 
Uh, I, of course, I will never mix them in that sense. Yeah. But I will, I will take this, these beautiful techniques and see how it enriches. It's not enriching the Dharma. I, it's not, I can't do anything with the Dharma. I want to see yeah. what it does to me. Yeah, yeah. I have those pieces in, you know, the only Dharma that exists is the one in me, right? And people have their Dharma in them and so on. So I'm the, I'm the experiment of, you know, pouring this Dharma into me for 40 years uh, and letting it percolate. Whether I'm practicing or not, to me, it still percolates. Sure, yeah. And, um, and so now adding this wonderful ingredient to the soup, uh, it's more than an ingredient. It's, uh, it's the fire itself. <laughs> Okay, to great. cook the whole thing. I'm very excited to see what it does to help my Buddhism because I say that ultimately then if I can help other poor Shmo Buddhists sure, to yeah. uh, extricate them because it, it, is, it is truly problematic and it's been very sad for myself and the people that, you know, the, the old timers that I confer with, they, many of them have a similar uh, understandings of you know scratching their heads and saying what's going on and what's wrong. Sure, okay. There's a whole coterie yeah. of the old timers like that yes. who uh, say after all these years what's what's missing and what's 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 happening and why isn't this working and um, I think so. Yeah. Well, thank you so. very much for being so honest and open about it. It's really interesting hearing actually. Yeah. And thank you very much for uh, bringing me to Bhutan. It was interesting for me to see Vajrayana and have contact with it, kind of near its core. Yeah. You know, which was. Yeah. Interesting. I can't say that I either understand Vajrayana fully and, uh, well, not fully, definitely, but I don't get it. And I, I'm aware that in many ways it's almost the polar opposite of Taoism. It's funny. It, it, I yeah. saw direct similarities, but then also polar opposites. So it was quite interesting uh, being around all of that. I do believe that yeah. in the most simplistic way of explanation, Taoism, yes. as I understand it now, and yeah. that's mainly through you, so I'm... I'm prejudiced, biased anyway. It starts from the bottom up. Should Vajrayana be. starts from the top down. Right, okay, sure. That is absolutely true, but... It's about as opposite as you can get. That is a, <laughs> that is a problem, yes. because they may start from the top down, but they never get to that bottom part. Yeah, sure, okay. So they've okay. got to work both ends towards the center. Mm.